UFC 268 post fight thoughts done done hey guys fight junkie here as usual before we jump into this next episode i want to remind you guys you can hit me up on twitter at fightjunkie.com follow me on parlor at fightjunkie listen to me on anchor spotify google apple amazon basically anywhere you can find a podcast i'll be there you can also subscribe to the youtube channel oh wait hold up scratch that YouTube deleted my channel. Um, let me think. Okay, I got it. You can also subscribe to the Rumble channel. Rumble.com slash Fight Junkie. Want live stream? Twitch.tv slash Real Fight Junkie. Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje won't. Go. Three. Four. Rounds. You lose. Man, oh man, you tell me. How the hell did that fight go three rounds? I mean, that was a back and forth war. But truthfully, Chandler took a lot of shots and I was very surprised that he was able to hold up to him. I do think that Gagey had a couple of opportunities in the fight to stop Chandler. I thought he made a very poor choice when Chandler shot after being hurt and he just held him there. I think he should have got up and blasted him out. And there were other times where it looked like Gagey maybe let his foot off the gas a bit when Chandler was stumbling around. Of course, it could be it was a three-round war and Gaethje was, you know, fatigued and having to mind his P's and Q's and fight a technical smart fight as well because he didn't want to get caught. But I do think there was plenty of opportunities there for Gaethje to finish Chandler. I will say I got to give credit to Chandler. He took the single shots and the combination shots better overall than I thought he could. I thought his chin and cardio would let him down. And again, you could make the case there that that should have happened that Gaethje should have been able to get him out of there and if you go back and look at that fight I guarantee you there's points within it that you could point to and go there 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 he should have done this he could have done this but of course we don't know what Gaethje was going through himself he did take some big shots from Chandler as well we know Chandler can crack there was always the threat of the wrestling from Chandler even though Gaethje has pretty good takedown defense and and that really wasn't a factor in the fight. Of course, he had to be careful that he didn't overcommit or overshoot and then get taken down by Chandler. So there are some things that you could say on both sides of why it didn't happen or why it should have happened. But I think that was just a bad beat, guys. I think we had that one peg. That fight should not have went three rounds. And even though Chandler took the shots better than what I thought he could. It's crazy too, right? Like, look how he folded against Oliveira and look at the shots that he took against Gaethje. Uh, he probably just saw the shots better from Gaethje, but I mean, wow, that fight really should have cashed for anybody that took the fight won't go three rounds. In fact, when I was looking at the odds from when I did the podcast earlier in the week to fight night, it shot up uh, significantly on the won't go uh, three full rounds. I think somewhere around minus 300 close bad, bad beat, especially 
if you got that minus 300 line. Now, this wasn't a fight that we bet on, but Frankie and Marlon, we didn't bet on this one. Um, going into this, I was hesitant about picking a winner on this because it was really about how much Frankie had left. If you thought Frankie had enough left, you were probably going to take him by decision as an underdog. If you didn't think he had enough left, that's where it got kind of dicey because did you think he would lose on points or did you think he would get stopped again? Prior to this, I was talking to some people on socials about it and they liked Frankie via points. And you couldn't really make an argument against that because if you look at the fight, Frankie was doing very well until he wasn't. And that was my issue going into this was his durability is going down. People talk about his age, but you can still see he has good footwork. He still has speed. He still knows how to fight. But I think his durability going down is a big, big key because throughout his career, it's kind of been his thing. Durable, can take the punishment, can go through that and ultimately come out on the other side with a win. But now he's not able to absorb the punishment like he used to. And so he's never able to overcome. As soon as that punishment comes, unfortunately for anybody that's betting, backing, or liking Frankie, he crumbles. And we saw that again on Saturday night. Beautiful front kick to the chinny chin chin. Face first, lights out. Frankie disputed the stoppage. I think anybody that watched it said, come on, little Frankie. Like, that was a good stoppage. Like, he should not have been allowed to continue. Even after they stopped the fight and he had a few seconds to recover and they let him up, he still wasn't all there and kind of wobbly back to the corner. Like, it was a good stoppage. Now, a lot of people are going to talk about it's time for him to retire. He's 40 years old. For me, it's the durability thing. Like, if he can be matched up carefully then it's possible he could eke out some wins because he still has a certain level of skill there a lot of people had him probably up in that fight or maybe one one going into the third and whoever won the third was going to win the fight so it's not like he just got obliterated from the start but the problem is most of the guys in the division especially when you were looking at frankie's ranking you're talking top 10 he was even talking you know i want to get back to a title shot when you're talking about these elite of elite of elite guys that he would need to face to get back to that top 10 top five an eventual title shot i just don't think he has the durability to do it and he's not the type of fighter that's going to want to take easy fights and just fight uh, in the ufc to make money so that's going to be a difficult conversation for him and dana i think ultimately dana will probably allow him to fight at least one more time he tends to do that especially with fighters that he likes and i know that he likes frankie so i wouldn't be surprised if we see frankie in there at least one more time but I think the writing is on the wall. I don't think it's going to get better for Frankie, even if he ekes out a win here or a win there. I think overall that lack of durability now is going to be his undoing. And I think at some point in time here, they're going to have to they're going to have to pull the curtain here. They're going to have to call it a day and he's going to have to ride off into the sunset. The other fight that we did do a pre-fight podcast on was Rose and Wei Lee fight won't go five full rounds you lose Ugh. here's the thing 
pre-fight, I had mentioned that in the first fight, I picked Whaley. We know what happened. In the second fight, I wasn't confident enough in her to pick her this time, so I went with the won't go. Even though traditionally in women's MMA or even women's boxing, you don't see a lot of stoppages. But Rose had already stopped her, and Wei Li is a powerhouse of a fighter, generally. And so I thought, well, you know, this this rematch could potentially be the barn burner. It wasn't. A lot of people liked the fight. A lot of people think it was a close fight. But I don't think it was particularly a great fight. And here's my reasoning behind that. It's because I didn't like the strategy of Wei Li. And now all the people that thought Wei Li won are going to go, Wait a minute, she could have won the fight three rounds. Yeah, 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 I get it. I just didn't like the strategy against Rose. Trying to out, outbox Rose, who's longer, taller, and fights that way anyway on the outside, was kind of very strange game plan to me. Okay, you want to mix in the wrestling. All right, it's good to be well-rounded. You want to mix in some footwork. All right, it's good to be well-rounded. You don't want to just go straight and back in a straight line. All right, I get it. But to try to outbox Rose over the course of five rounds, every single round, fighting the same way, I think it was a mistake. It basically changed her entire style. Wei Li was a very aggressive, physically strong, hard fighter. Like, she can crack. Instead, she's trying to run Rose into shots. I get it. Maybe you run Rose into something and, and hurt her, knock her down, drop her, knock her out. The issue here is Rose understood that. She didn't go crazy. She was conservative. She understood how to come forward behind her punches and kicks and so that opportunity was going to be slim and none for Wei Li just to catch her with a blind punch on the way in because she wasn't being reckless and if you watch Rose she generally is never reckless so I didn't understand the game plan of I'm going to outbox Rose because if you come with that game plan then basically that is your game plan like we're going to outbox her out volume her, outwork her for five full rounds. Because if you're under this impression that you're just going to box and counter punch and drop a big bomb on her face, well, that would assume that Rose is going to make a mistake and walk into something stupid. And she's not a stupid fighter. Even in the fights that she's lost, she's not a stupid fighter. She generally doesn't overcommit, get crazy, get wide, throw sloppy punches and kicks. She generally doesn't do that. She didn't do in this fight. She didn't do in the first fight. And so I think that was a terrible absolutely terrible game plan one it didn't utilize Wei Li's strengths literally strength her strength and two it was never at that pace ever gonna wear Rose down ever in a million years and in fact it was Wei Li that got worn down from her own words in the fifth round her arms had no strength in it she got taken down and lay down lay down for the entire round and basically that round lost her the fight it was a moronic game plan in my opinion especially if you're talking about to utilize it against rose maybe you want those skill sets have no problem her training with henry henry is an amazing wrestler i have no problem you incorporating wrestling into your game plans i have no problem incorporating lateral movement but you got to know when to use it and who to use it against you're trying to outbox Rose. And not only that, she was staying at a distance that allowed her to be head kicked again. This was one of the problems I saw in the first fight for the 70 seconds it lasted. She was standing too far outside. She was standing in the range of Rose all night. And she did the same thing in the rematch. And I think it was a mistake and it cost her the fight. I didn't give.
Wei Li the fight. I had it 2-2 going into the fifth round. And we all know what happened in the fifth round. To me, a very clear 3-2 Rose win. Some people on socials were actually saying the R word. Robbery. I just had to shake my head and go, no, not at all. I mean, seriously, robbery, come on. Even if, even if you somehow gave it to Wei Li, it's by one point and no more. But again, I think she should have went forward. She could have mixed in the movement. She could have mixed in the wrestling. But I think if you wanted to wear mentally and physically on Rose, you're never going to do it on the outside. I don't care if Wei Li fights her 150 times in a row. She's never, ever going to have an easy time outboxing Rose. This is the game that Rose plays all of the time. She is a very long fighter. She knows how to fight at range. It's just ridiculous to me that you you took away your strongest uh, tool set in the game, which is your strength and your aggression and your ability to pressure fighters and just threw it out the window for this game plan that you're going to box like Ali. It didn't work. I don't think she won. I wasn't... Uh, particularly entertained to be honest with you because from the start I'm like this game plan is going to be very difficult and so you saw all of these close rounds that were probably going to the champion for the most part because Rose was walking her down and it wasn't like Wei Li was just hammering away on her the rounds that Wei Li did well in yeah you could see but they weren't huge dominant rounds for the most part a lot of that was too with the wrestling where it got her down for a minute or two minutes or whatever just kind of like Rose did in the last round but when we're talking about the pure striking who was winning the striking she made it just far too difficult it was almost like she was just happy not to get knocked out I don't even like the way she acted after the fight if I'm being honest with you she just seemed too happy I like Wei Lee as a person but she just seemed too happy like I went five rounds see I told you the first fight was a fluke and that I wouldn't get knocked out again you know that type of mindset it's very strange to me. I don't know. We'll have to see. She's not going to get in a, a third fight, so we're not going to have to worry about that nonsense anymore. But I want to see how she's going to incorporate these new skills that she's learning against these other fighters. I want to see if she's gone away from what got her there. And her, I believe it was like 21 fight win streak. I want to see if she's just totally changing it up now because she's changing in America. And all of a sudden, you know, what she did before isn't good enough because she got head kicked, knocked out by Rose. And then has lost a decision to Rose. Hey, listen, do what got you there. You know what I mean? I would have liked to seen the Wei Li that we thought we were going to get in the first fight in the rematch, the one that was going to pressure, use her strengths physically, and try to wear Rose down. She wants to mix in all those new skills, mix them in, but focus on your core, which has gotten you there, and all the accolades, and all the win streak, and the title as well. And then you just go away from it in one single fight, like head scratcher to me. Uh, last fight on the card that we did a pre-fight prediction on was Usman and Covington. Usman wins by decision. This one actually came through. Now, this was another competitive fight. And really, it played out almost exactly how we predicted it will. So I can't really gripe or complain or, or even get into the bits and pieces too much about what happened. Because if you listen to the pre-fight podcast, it's basically what we said. 
the issue I have with this whole entire fight and the taking place and the odds and everybody's so-called expert predictions was it was purely based on their hate for Colby Covington. I said it in the pre-fight podcast. I'm saying it now and I'll say it tomorrow and the next day and the next time they fight. People simply don't like Colby. They don't like his politics. They don't like his attitude. They don't like his, you know, his comedy or whatever you want to call it. His his playing around with people, his trolling. And so they say, oh, he's going to lose and he's going to get knocked out. Every single time. He's going to lose, he's going to get knocked out. Oh, I hope he loses, I hope he gets knocked out. Listen, this is all fine if you're just a fan. But if you're putting down your coin, you're dropping cheddar, then you better separate your personal feelings from what you're analyzing and watching. And if you don't do that over time, you're going to get your ass spanked. Because you're going to love this fighter and hate this fighter. Like this fighter, despise this fighter. And if you're betting like that, over time, you're going to get absolutely spanked. It's a great recipe to go bank up so i advise everybody not to do that if you can't separate it don't bet it and so going into this fight everybody hates kobe everybody thinks he's trash everybody right nobody was like this dude is one tough sob i was i'm like this dude is tough he's getting knocked out in the first round he's getting knocked out in the third round he's getting knocked out in the second round he's getting knocked out in the fourth round he's getting knocked out getting knocked out getting knocked out getting knocked out That's what they were hoping would happen. But you got to look stylistically. Even the first fight, look how rough of a go he gave Usman. Look how rough of a go he gave Usman. And 50 seconds away from finishing the fight. But everybody was confident he wouldn't even last the distance this time around. Look how tough Colby Covington is. And not only that. You can't even say he didn't give the champ a run for his money again. This is a fight I personally don't think he won. But you could make a case that he won three rounds, lost two rounds. But one of those rounds being 10-8, you could score that fight a draw. That doesn't mean Covington wins the title. But you could make a case for a 3-2 in rounds Colby Covington type of fight. The difference there is that second round could probably be scored a 10-8. I'm not so great on just hurting somebody and automatically getting a 10-8. It needs to be really a dominating round, but he did hurt him twice. So let's just go with that and say that was a 10-8 round. Then the champ still retains the title via draw. But that's a far cry from what everybody was hoping and praying would happen with Cole, with Colby Covington getting just blasted out, dominated, you know, just destroyed so they could be like, ha, 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 you know, that's everything that we wanted. Maybe you can go back and cry on Donald Trump's shoulder or whatever nonsense they want to talk about. This is a fist fight. I don't care what people's politics are. I don't care what they're doing outside the octagon or outside the ring or any of this other stuff. It's not like we really know these people. Let's be real, right? I mean, he's often said, you know, this is for business. He even said that after the fight, you know, this is about making money. I mean, people think they know what's up, but a lot of this stuff is scripted like a WWE match. You know what I mean? Like there could be some real animosity here and there, but I mean, the better the promotion, the more money they make, the more pay-per-view buys, the more it's it's a business after all at the end of the day. So 
Colby is a tough guy that doesn't get credit for being that tough and being that skilled. Again, he gave Usman another tough fight. That's two fights in a row. Probably Usman's two toughest fights are against Colby Covington. And everybody just gave him no shot in hell at winning the fight, let alone even, right, going the distance. It's like Dana said, he's probably the second best in the division. And if there is no Usman, Colby is champion. I mean, I don't think you can really argue with that after almost an hour of cage time that they've been in there and how well Kobe has done against Usman, even coming back from adversity. The dude is tough. And I mentioned this in the pre-fight podcast. I said he's going to do everything in his power not to get knocked out again. One, he thinks he got a raw deal in the first fight. Two, he was 50 seconds away from going the distance. And three, there is no way, no way in hell he is going to be able to, you know, talk that type of game and smack if he gets stopped again from Usman. So he was going to do whatever he had to do to make it the distance. And in fact, you got to give him credit. Not only did he do what he had to do to make it the distance, but he didn't run around hold and just try to survive in fact it was he it was Kobe Covington that was coming on at the end of the fight after that second round I mean he came back in the third and really showed his grit he had landed really good shots on Usman I think he had hurt Usman in a couple of spots yes he scored a takedown so for all of you people out there that hate Kobe Covington and want to say that he's shit and everything he does Give credit where credit is due because otherwise you're showing your true colors and you cannot be trusted with your opinion. Because if you're not going to give this guy the credit for what he's done, the toughness that he that he possesses and the skill set that he shows every time he gets in the octagon, then what what use are you? I mean, why would anybody listen to you? It doesn't matter if you like their personality. You can preface it by saying, I don't like Kobe Covington, but... That's perfectly fine if you have to throw that out there to make yourself feel better. But I just hate it when people don't give credit where credit is due. It's kind of like in the Canelo plant fight, which I will do a post-fight thoughts on, even though I didn't think I was going to need to. But there's always something when it comes to combat sports. So I'll be going over that right after I finish this podcast. But you got to give credit where credit is due. And he's earned that credit through blood, sweat, and tears. He's proved it. He's not sitting on the couch eating bonbons saying what he can do. He goes out and he does it. So I think everybody who's dissed on Kobe and given him no credit and dogged on him because they don't like his personality or his politics, you should hold your head in shame. And you should stand up and be a man or a woman and admit that Kobe Covington is better than you even like him to be, that he probably is the second best in the division, and that you should start throwing credit where credit is due instead of just throwing shade all the time. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will suck it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.